Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is our first guest star episode. We are in Sayulita, Mexico with one of our best friends, Jackie. Jackie is a writer for Sephora and an infinite wealth of skincare knowledge. So we're so happy to have her with us and to have a little bit of her expertise. Yeah, skincare and beauty has been one of our most popular topics that people have asked questions about since we started, and we're excited to have somebody who's actually an expert, because Grace and I can really only speak to our own routines and skin types. So, before we get into it, though, let's do some highs and lows. Grace, what is your high? Um, I think my high has been all of the shopping that we've done in Sayulita, I generally don't shop a lot on trips because I'm just like either doing like museums or beaches and whatever. And the shopping here has been insane. Everything is pom-pommed. It's like embroidery heaven. I don't know how after we finish recording, I have to go and pack my suitcase and I don't know how I'm going to do it because there's so much stuff in here, but it's been the best trip. And I also really shopped a lot. What thing are you most excited about that you bought for yourself? For me, it's probably the crazy white cover-up that you didn't like. I didn't like it, but that doesn't mean yeah. it's, it's not my style. But I love it. It's very yeah. me. It's crazy. I look like I weigh like a thousand pounds in it, but it's amazing. Um, so my high is just more generic. I mean, like my high is just being here. Like I've had a pretty shit summer and finally being on a trip and being with some of my best friends and being in this place, which is so beautiful and so relaxing. If you follow either of us on Instagram or bad on paper on Instagram, you've probably seen us post a ton of photos of our sick pool. We're staying in this super cute Airbnb. And it's so inexpensive too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a whole blog post up with a travel guide and I'm going to link everything we did. So it'll be there. Yeah, it's just been so nice. Like we have just like, we're having such a low key time. Like there's not much to do here. So we've generally just been getting up and hanging around the house. We have this cool outdoor living area with like couches. So we've been doing a ton of reading. We uh, go in our pool, take naps, and then go into town in the afternoon and get dinner. Like it's been so nice and relaxing. And Grace and Jackie are leaving tomorrow, but I keep forgetting that I'm... I'm not done with vacation. I get to go to Mexico City after this. So I'm super excited for that too. Maybe that'll be my high next week. Yeah, I think it probably will be. Her Airbnb for Mexico City looks amazing. So I think I already know this, but tell me you're low. Oh my God. It took us 36 hours to get here, you guys. So we were in the LaGuardia Airport, like the very worst terminal of all of LaGuardia. The terminal that basically only has an Auntie Anne's pretzels and a Hudson News and nothing else. Yeah. Apparently there's a dentist office there, but I think that's a lie. I had a reader DM me saying, well, there's nothing there, but there is a dentist office. When would that come in handy? I, I don't know. I, I was like, this is not helpful. I need a bar. Yeah. There was a bar. There was a bar, and it wasn't very good. We it was had a great, very janky. Those chicken fingers were good, though. Yeah. Keep going. So we are in LaGuardia from 7 a.m. until 5.30 p.m., where we finally got a flight, not a direct flight to Dallas, a flight to Atlanta. They then split Becca and I up on different flights. Um, so she got into Atlanta earlier than me, and then on an earlier flight got into Dallas at maybe 10. Yeah. I landed at midnight, Becca luckily got the really delightful American Airlines customer service team to get us a room at the 
airport Sheraton. So we slept there for about five hours, six hours maybe. And then we were up and on a 9 a.m. flight to Sayulita. And when all was said and done, it took 36 hours, which is longer than it took me to get home from Asia. It was insane. It was, it was such a day. This was also Milo. Um, my suitcase got lost. Like I had to go to three terminals at um, the Dallas airport to get my suitcase and to get us a hotel and to, you know, deal with everything. It was just, it was such a wild pain in the ass. We lost a day of our vacation, which sucked. I was like, I don't even really want to go anymore. Like, I was like, I just want to go home and snuggle Tyrion. Like, yeah, I'm glad we stuck it out. It was a wild time getting here. It was also so crazy because we were flying from New York City to Dallas-Fort Worth, which is American's hub. And it was crazy that it took us so much time to get from, like, one major airport to another. Like, it seemed wild. Yeah. Oh, also, I had used miles to upgrade myself, and I was in the very last row in the middle seat on my way to Dallas. Yeah. I was like, this is just adding insult to injury. The good news is we're here, and it's magical. And I forgot about it pretty quickly. I did, too. Like, the second I got into our pool, I was like, oh, what? Like, that feels so long ago. But it was a... It was a saga to get here. It was a saga, to say the least. So let's do a quick desperation minute, and then let's talk to Jackie about skincare and beauty. Yes. So guys, if you like this podcast, what can you do? You can leave us a rating or a review in the iTunes store. Or tell a friend. If you get a friend to to follow us, that is amazing. So tell a friend. Leave us a rating or a review. This helps us so much to get the word out. We're giving you free entertainment, so help us out. Yeah, it's the best thing you can do. So when people find our podcast in the iTunes store and they've never heard of it before, they see that it has ratings and reviews and know that it's like something legit to listen to and isn't just two girls babbling, which it sometimes is. Yeah. But people like the babbling. Yeah. Someone said we could read the dictionary and they would listen. So I take that seriously. Frankly, I don't know if we can if we could pronounce a lot of the words of the dictionary, so it might get dicey pretty fast. Yeah. Well, maybe something a little less advanced than the dictionary. Yeah. So anyway, today we have our friend Jackie with us. Jackie, say hi. Hello, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jackie is one of our best friends from Bobble Bar. She used to live in New York, and she sat across from both of us at Bobble Bar and was part of our OG crew. And then she moved to San Francisco and has been at Sephora for three years? Four years. Four years. So, oh, yeah. my God. It's been that long. Oh, my God. That's wild. It's crazy. I miss you guys. I miss you a ton. Yeah, it sucks. Come back. I'm just going to pack Jackie in my suitcase. so Jackie is a senior editorial content director at Sephora so basically she works on the Playbox program and she uh, writes all of the copy for that program and you know she sees a lot of products coming across her desk she also has great skin she's like been dewy as fuck here in a positive way because I've just been sweaty like I've been a swamp monster so she's doing something right to look good in this like super humid heat. So we're super excited to have you. I'm beyond excited to finally be here and like get to be a guest. It's my dream. Are, so. you, are you ready to answer some cues? I'm so ready. Okay. 
So before we get into it, I thought it might be helpful if we all walked through our daily skincare routine and like what our skin types or concerns are. But like, can, do you think we can do it in a minute each? Yes. Okay, Grace, you start. Okay, so I'm going to talk really quickly because I use a lot of products. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I actually can do this pretty quickly. So in the morning, I don't actually do much. I splash my... I also, I have dry skin. So I splash my water with a little bit of... I, I splash my... I splash my face with a little bit of water. I will apply SK2 treatment essence. Like, let that really sink in. I'll do a little eye serum. Right now, I love my Clark's Botanicals eye serum. You got me on that. I oh, love that. it's magical. Um, this is the one that a few episodes ago, Grace said, is basically like a vacuum for your under eye bags. And that description really stuck with me. Yeah. And so I finally ordered it last week, but we can talk more about that. Maybe you should be a writer, Grace. Maybe I should. I you, don't know. You are. I could have a cool, yeah, I am a blogger. I don't consider myself a writer, except for on my online dating profiles, I call myself a writer. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted. So then I will just use a thick layer of my Dr. Bader cream. And then if I'm going to be in the sun, I'll put sunscreen on. That's it. At night, I'm a little more high maintenance. I do, I love a double cleanse. I'll do an oil cleanser first or a cream cleanser. Then I'll do a gel cleanser. Um, I'm not super fussy about my cleansers, but I do love Elemis's resurfacing cleanser because it's super creamy, but it also chemically exfoliates so it leaves your skin really soft and smooth then I will do um I will yeah sometimes I use a serum if I'm feeling like dry or like wrinkly or dehydrated a lot of times I just go to the Dr. Bader I know I talk about this product all the time but they actually don't even recommend you use serum if you use it because he wants his cream to be the first thing that hits your skin because there's so many actives and then um, that's kind of that. If my skin's dry, I'll, I'll also use an oil. I love Vintner's Daughter. That's kind of like my holy grail oil. Oh, and then um, I do a lot of masking in between. Okay. Lots of masks. I also know from experience being Grace's friend and sitting across from her at work for a long time that there's nothing Grace loves more than a face essence. Oh, she, a, a mist, a face she mist. She loves a mist. I love spraying you with my face mist too. Yeah, Grace accosted me in the Dallas Sheraton. She was like doing her skincare routine and just started spraying. How good did it feel though face. after the day we'd had? It felt not great. Oh, I thought it felt Somebody great. Somebody spraying something uninvited in your face is like not the best experience. Sorry. But I just wanted to say that you love a face mist. I do. I love a face mist. But that's more in the middle of the day. Okay. Jax, yeah. tell us your, tell us about your skin type. Tell us about your routine. Like, give us the quick walkthrough. Yeah. So I have oily skin that's extremely prone to acne. Um, so you I You never know that looking at her. Well... Secrets will be revealed. Um, <laughs> so I wake up, I use a gentle cleanser from Kate Somerville, and then I use a vitamin C serum and a cream from Murad with SPF, because SPF is my jam. I'll also use like a day eye cream from It Cosmetics, and then I just like jump right into makeup. At night, definitely about the double cleanse. I love a cleansing balm like from Pharmacy or It Cosmetics. I'll go in again with the Kate Somerville cleanser. And then I, too, really love the SK2 essence. So I'll do that. Love it. I love the Benjamin, the Benjamin Button treatment. It makes you age in reverse. The whole line should be called the Benjamin Button line from SK2. Like, 
I I very much believe the hype on SK2. It's the best. So I'll do that, and then I'll do my retinol serum from Alginist, and then I'll follow up with like a really heavy moisturizer, something super rich from like First Aid Beauty, and then I'll use my prescription retinol to treat two retinols at, in the same night. Yes. Wow. I won't use them in the same place because retinol is, it's, you know, it does the trick. So I have one that's for my cystic hormonal acne and then one that's preventative, like why people use retinol. And then I'll follow up with like a night eye cream from Alginist. And that's like, that's it. I want to hear a lot more about your retinol stitch. We yeah, me too. a bunch of questions about retinols. Passionate, passionate about retinol. So I'll go really quickly. I feel like I am like your dumb friend who doesn't have a lot of expertise here. I genetically have very good skin, which is a dick thing to say, but I just want to be upfront about that. I don't have a lot of acne issues. I have dry skin and I have very sensitive skin. So my skin reacts to like everything. And you're allergic to coconut oil, which means a lot of natural products are off the table. Oh my God. I, you know, it's actually getting better. I feel like two years ago, coconut was like the most popular ingredient. And I think a lot of brands have gone away from it. So I'm finding a lot more products that are natural that I can use. But that was a huge issue for me because anything, I'm like allergic to coconut if I eat it. But if I put it on my face, I just like kind of get like a hivey, patchy reaction. So... That's kind of the stitch I'm working with. I'm also pretty lazy. I have found that I need to pare back my skincare routine to only the basics if I want to be really regular about doing it. When there's too many bells and whistles, I get overwhelmed and I'll just skip the whole thing. So wake up in the morning. Um, I usually shower in the morning so I don't like wash my face or do anything like that. On this trip, I've barely showered. So, I mean, I guess, you know, that's my norm, not my current. Um... I use the May Lindstrom Youth Dew as my like Love base oil. Too. Love it. I'm on my second bottle. I need to try the Vintner's Daughter, but I really like this. I have really dry skin, so I feel like it really kind of like actually does give me a, enough moisture that I kind of have a glow, which is the which is the goal. Um, then I use the Goop Day Moisturizer, which I love. Um, and I have also been using the Clark's Botanicals eye cream before that I used to use the Biosense one. And honestly, I ran out of it when I was in Florida and I didn't have access to a Sephora in person. So I kind of, I'm not the most brand loyal, to be honest with you. When something runs out, if I really like it, I'll replace it. But a lot of times I just try something different because I have so many beauty products on hand from you, Grace, or, you know, I'll get like excited to try something new. So I'm a little uh, promiscuous when it comes to my, my beauty brands. Oh, I'm super promiscuous with my skincare. Yeah. There's always something new you want to try. Yeah. So that's basically my morning skincare routine. In the evening, I take off my makeup with um, Bioderma, which I'm super loyal to. Uh, it's like a micellar water. And uh, actually the bottle I have right now, Grace brought me back from France. Because she took care of Tyrion in an emergency. Yeah. I'm convinced that uh, the products in France are formulated differently. They are. Yeah. So I always like, if I can get somebody to bring it back for me from Europe or if I'm in Europe, I always like it direct from the source rather than, even though you can buy it in the U.S. now. Um, and then I basically repeat the same thing from the morning. I'll use the Youth Do Serum again. I've been really into the jet lag mask. I've been using it as an overnight mask. I love that so, mask. Yeah, so instead of moisturizer, I'll just put that on um, and let that kind of soak in overnight. And then, you know, if I take a shower in the morning, I don't even need to, to wipe it or anything like that. Um, and then if I'm feeling like 
really dehydrated, which is usually my main skincare issue, I'll sometimes do another mask at night. Um, I really like um, the Tata Harper resurfacing mask. I love That's that a mask. Fave. It's my, so, one of my all-time favorites, I think. Yeah, I'll do that one. Um, Grace also gave me a Clark, Clark's Botanicals mask. I can't remember the name oh, of it. Oh, it is the Deep Moisture Mask? The Deep Moisture That's Mask. That's my favorite. Really liking that one, too. I love that brand. But I try not to make, like, masks or anything like that to be an everyday, like, part of my routine, just, like, as needed and when I feel like it. Yeah. I think so much of skincare is just giving your skin what it needs. It shouldn't be just, like, a standardized routine. It's, like, really thinking about what you need at the time. So should we get into our questions? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So our first question is from Jenny Loeffler on Facebook, and she asked, what is the best order to apply skincare products in so they're most effective? Let's, it's a two-part question. Should we start there? Let's do it. Let's do it. Jax, tell me. Yeah, I mean, I think my answer to, like, what my daily routine was kind of answers this, but there there is a really specific order you should be applying things in, and it you can kind of base it on thinnest to thickest, which is a good rule of thumb, um, but also just practical, you know, good sense would indicate, like, the things that are strongest or have the most actives in it, you want to start layering those first and then build your way up to things that you know are going to soak in, like moisture, it's like a moisturizer or a cream or something like that. So definitely, like, any type of serum or retinol should follow, like, an essence, which is basically, you know, it's got the viscosity of water. So you would start there, then you would come with your serum or, you know, your treatment, depending on what kind of person you are. Person you are. I follow my essence with my retinol serum. And then from there, move into, like, your heavier things, like a moisturizer or something like that. Yeah. I always end with an oil after everything else. Kind of lock it all in. Yeah. And because you have dry skin, like, that's that's yeah. a reason that you're doing that extra step for moisture, which makes total yeah. sense. And then does sunscreen last in the morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, last before makeup, obviously. Right, right, don't right. put Don't put your sunscreen on over your makeup. Because Ooh, there are sprays and powders that work out. that way, but that's a, that's a totally separate thing. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't get into acids, but those are, like, my actual passion project, and you would use those first before anything. Okay. We yeah. have a question about acids. We can get more into your, your, pers- your personal passion for acids. It's my passion. But, okay, so this person had a second part of the question, and she said, also, I have three serums. Is it better to use one serum, or is it okay to switch between a few? I think it depends on sort of what the actives are there and, like, what you're trying to get out of them. I mean, most skincare, besides, you know, an acid treatment or a mask, like, repetition is the key to success. So if you're using a retinol, like, using it every night is the truth and the way. Um... Whereas, like, if you're trying to mix up your benefits, I would think, like, see if there's a way that you can, you know, add one of those benefits to your moisture step or something like that. Because you really only get one chance to put a serum on your skin, and, like, you should be doing that, like, consistently every night of the week if you really want to see results. I agree. I would just say that it also goes back to, again, like, what your skin needs. Because sometimes your skin is, I don't know, sunburnt, so a soothing serum could be really good. Or... um if your skin's feeling really, really dry, like using something more hydrating that you might not always need. Yeah, like I would say some people get a little drier from using a retinol, and that would be like the time to listen to your skin, take a break, do a moisturizing serum that night or something like that. Okay. 
So then the next question we have, that was an awkward transition. I'll try again. Because the gecko was laughing. <laughs> so our next question is from Kristen McCarthy on Facebook. And she asked, what is the one skincare product that is super popular but isn't really that impactful? And she gave an example. She said, I've heard that eye cream is one of the ones that everyone says you need to use but doesn't actually make a huge difference. Oh, I love this question. I have an opinion, too. I do, too. I think, yeah, it's a very opinionated question. Um, I mean, I'll start. I, I believe in eye cream. I think, like, certain under-eye areas are going to benefit more from, like, a specifically curated product. I also just enjoy sort of, you know, the ritual of putting it on, like, dab out of the pot, dab, dab under my eye. It makes me be a lot more thoughtful about touching my under-eye area. So I personally believe in under-eye cream, but I don't disagree with people who say that, like, your good moisturizer or your good product, air quotes, will do the same magic under your eyes. As far as my personal skincare product that I think is not really that impactful, I'm going to go ahead and say face mists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're useless. They just feel good. Exactly. But they, I do. There's no actual benefit to using do a face think, mist. Like, but I do think at the, the core of this question, like the answer is trying to get us to a place where what should, I be, what should I be spending my money on? Face mists can be really expensive and super bougie, and I think they have emotional benefits. Mm -hmm. But I definitely don't think it's like, even though it's a really hot trend, it's where we should be like spending our money. Oh, no. And then my second answer is moisturizer, which doesn't actually, like I don't mean that you shouldn't be moisturizing, but I do think that's another place where your retinol should be a really high grade from a brand that you really trust and you've read the reviews and you think is a rock star product or your serums, like your vitamin C, all of that stuff where you're looking for really potent actives are totally like where you should believe the hype. And then I kind of think like moisture is moisture is moisture is moisture, like find one that feels good on your skin. But I just don't, I'm not sure I totally buy into like $250 moisturizers with added benefits. I will say I feel the same way, except if it's like a Dr. Bader cream where he says, don't use serum, use my cream. Sure. Or La Mer. Great yeah. product. Like very much believe the hype You probably there. don't even need a serum if you're using La Mer. Yeah. But yeah, I also have strong feelings about eye cream. Um, generally, if you're using a really great moisturizer, I think you can use that as your... Um, as your eye cream, I did not bring eye cream on this trip because I was trying to pack light, and I just I just dab my night cream onto my under eye area. But I do think that eye cream is great for two reasons. If you're really if you have really sensitive eyes, like eye cream is usually a lot is like formulated like there's a lot that are ophthalmologist approved and what have you. And then also a lot of eye creams like the Clark's one are designed specifically for under eye bags and deep puffing and helping to brighten with dark circles. It's got that caffeine. Yeah. yeah. That's specific. You might not want to put that put all that. over your face. Yeah, you might yeah. not want that all over your face, but it's going to... Also, like, the skin under your eye is a lot thinner than the skin on the rest of your face, so you want something that's, like... Like, as someone who has really dry skin, I want, like, the thickest, richest moisturizer possible, but I want something a little lighter on that area. So I'm going to come out here, and this might be a controversial opinion. <gasps> here we go. Uh-oh. We need music for controversial opinions. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I think that in most cases, sheet masks are overhyped. Collective gasp. 
Have you tried? I gave you the SK2 I one. I know. I know. And that's the best I'm not mask. saying that all sheet masks are overhyped. I'm saying that a lot of them are, especially if you put something you put on your face for 10 minutes and then you take it off. And a lot of times there's like a residue so, and you wash your face after and you like wash the product off. Like I just think that a lot of times like something you leave on your skin and it actually soaks in is more beneficial. Okay. I don't think you should ever wash your face after using a sheet mask. I'm not saying wash your face, but I'm saying rinse off like a lot of masks leave a residue. Mm, but I think you're supposed to leave that on and like let it soak overnight. Like if it's a really, really wonderful sheet mask, yes, like it's you're basically leaving behind a treatment and you want it to soak in. Yeah. I would say some I would say some sheet masks though are kind of probably a little more like the jet lag mask where it's soaked with all of this treatment and goop and other kind of viscous things that you would put on a sheet mask to make it stick to your face and stick to the sheet within the bag, like certain brands. I'm not going to name any, but you get my drift where you actually don't want it to stay on. You want to rinse it and be like, okay, I'm like dewy and plump and it was wonderful. I don't think it applies to every single one though. Yeah. So my, my only sentiment here is that I feel like I've been lately more into cream masks than sheet masks. I love but a cream I mask. still like the ritual of doing a sheet mask. Like it's easy, it's easy to put on. Feels special. It feels special, yeah. So it's not that I don't like it, but sometimes I think that it like doesn't have that much impact. Yeah, I agree with the sentiment there. I agree too, but I would say just only use the really good sheet masks, like the SK two one. I also don't really like. I don't enjoy sheet masks. The only time I like a sheet mask is really the SK two one. Same. Yeah, I just like. I like to do like an exfoliating mask and then a cream mask, like the Tata Harper and the Jet Lag. Well, to each their own opinion. Yes. I'm just telling you mine. But what is your stance on eye cream, Becca? I do think eye cream is impactful. I, two to one. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if like I have a strong feeling of whether you just were really deliberate about putting other product underneath your eyes, if it makes a difference, if it's a specific eye cream. Yeah. But I do think that having an eye cream, especially something that like has active ingredients in it for dark circles or for like fine lines, that is maybe a little more potent than what you put on your face. I do think that that's impactful. I mean, I think the hard part about a lot of this is, is that a lot of skincare is preventative. So you can't actually point to the fact that it's doing something you don't have like the alternate timeline you to be like this me has wrinkles this me doesn't yeah so a lot of times you just have to put your faith in something and you know hope it's working which I think is hard and a lot of brands like take advantage of from a marketing perspective but I do think generally speaking like my eyes are probably like I belong to the church of moisture. Like my skincare routine is like very moisture based because I have such dry skin. And I would say like one of the main things I do is like where I am looking to like treat is for my eyes. Yeah. So I, I like to have a specific product for it. Moving on. I don't know if I won that or lost that. I think you won it. I think you won it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, we have a question from Emma La Palermo on Facebook, and she said, what is the best age to start using a retinol? I have combo slash oily skin, but also sunburn easily, so I'm afraid to start. Would love to know the best brands that are well-priced and the best application process, et cetera. So Jackie, take us to church. Tell us about retinol. Yeah, I know nothing about retinol. I'm ready to testify. I love retinol. Retinol 
is part of the golden trio, the only three things in the skincare world that real scientists and doctors and people of you know that important nature will co-sign and say, these are going to change the way your skin looks. And among those are retinol, vitamin C, and AHAs and BHAs, which we'll get into with another question. Um, yeah, I, I think retinol is, it's important to remember that it's a product that is a little bit more about what you're not going to see versus what you see now. So it's a preventative step. It's not going to make you wake up and be like, I'm so pretty, I look like Benjamin Button. It's about caring for your skin in a preventative way now so that you don't see as many fine lines and wrinkles and uneven texture and dark spots later. So that being said, I I think really whenever people start thinking about skincare seriously, which I think tends to be in like the mid to late 20s, is a great time to start using retinol. It's for preventative purposes. Like you shouldn't be waiting until you start thinking your forehead is looking a little creasy to be like retinol time, like early. So this person also alludes to the fact that retinol makes you more sensitive to sun. So like how do you weigh the cost benefit of being more sensitive versus like getting those preventative benefits? I actually love that retinol makes you more sensitive to the sun because I think it basically acts as a lot of people's gateway to being really diligent and responsible about SPF. Like you can't have one without the other. You wear your retinol at night and you know that the next day, whether you're going to work or the beach or you're going to go ride in the sun in a car for a while, like you need SPF now. That's part of your life because you're a retinol user, which is like a great habit to have to adopt because you're now using retinol. But she's right. Like you, you do need to up your SPF sort of regimen there because your skin is a little bit more prone to sun damage, but it's not in a way where you're going to cancel out the benefits of using the retinol, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so then to her question, like, do you have brands that you recommend? Is yours from your dermatologist? Like, how do you know which way to go? And then like, where does it go in your routine? Yeah. So my favorite retinol is from Alginist, which is a brand based in San Francisco. And they use like algae science and technology, which I think is really fascinating because, like, the organisms under the ocean withstand, like, the craziest sort of, you know, environmental stressors. Um, Although, at the same time, like, I will say, like, retinol is really about percentage and you can kind of, like, you know, look for your brand. If there's a skincare brand you already like, if they make a retinol, like, give it a try. Um, and then it, it is the step that I put on that's like closest to my skin. So either first or second, depending on if I'm using an essence, but if you're not using an essence, like first is probably the number you're going to want to slot that retinol. And how do you think about whether to use a retinol from Sephora or from like a beauty brand versus one from a prescription from your dermatologist? I think it depends on your needs. If you're doing a preventative retinol, I think like you know, over the counter, so to speak, like from like a place such as Sephora is fine. If you're like me and you had hormonal acne, which we'll get into later, I guess, is something I would definitely get from a dermatologist. Like retinol has so many different uses because it is encouraging like cell turnover. So that's why it's great for wrinkles, surface texture, 
and acne. So it really is like a jack of all trades. Um, so if you're going for like an acne solving sort of approach, you're going to want to get one from your dermatologist recommended for your specific like blemish concerns. But if you're going for like preventative, like I want to look young forever kind of approach, like you are totally like on track to just get one from, you know, where you buy your beauty. I'm feeling a little ashamed because I don't use retinol and I feel like I need to go buy some retinol cream. My eye cream that I just started using has retinol in it. Well, and you know, you the Clark's has a really good retinol. Yeah. They have a retinol serum too, which I just started testing. I'll let you know if I like it. Mm. And I mean, this is a PSA to people like you who are like blessed with really wonderful, like naturally nice skin. Like you, it's a preventative step. Like you shouldn't be using it because you want to wake up tomorrow looking different. Like you should be using it because you want to take care of your skin long term, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely really guilty of that, that because I have good skin today, I definitely skimp on some of the routine things that I think as you get older become more important. It's the only one that science says is going to change your skin. Well, it's not because you also mentioned AHA and vitamin C. So that's our next question. So Jade Herman on Facebook asked, when do you use retinol if you're using other AHA or vitamin C products? So maybe, I guess, before you answer that, can you tell us what AHAs and vitamin Cs do and then tell us how to use them with retinols if you if that's okay, if that's yes. kosher? Yeah, the trifecta. This is my passion. The trifecta is my passion. Um, so AHA are alpha hydroxy acids and, you know, you think of acid and you probably think of Samantha on Sex and the City looking like beef carpaccio in an episode, but really what acids do are speed up the cell turnover process. They slough away dead skin. So you're going to get an incredible brightening and smoothing effect by adding an acid to your routine, which literally is life in my opinion. And then vitamin C is a superhero in the industry because we know that it lightens, brightens, and tightens. It's great for dark spots and it's just, it's a proven brightener for the skin, but it also has these added benefits of, you know, tightening the skin, smoothing it, all that good stuff that you want from like an anti-aging routine. And then retinol, I've obviously talked a lot about already. But when do you use them together? If you're using all three, can you put them all on in the same night? No, this is super important. So basically, vitamin C is a really good one to use during the day. Use it under your sunscreen. Retinol is your sort of superhero at night. You're going to let that work while you sleep. And AHAs are something that if you're using them like in a treatment form, so I'm in love with Dr. Dennis Gross's alpha beta peel pads. They have them for sensitive skin and then just regular. If you're like me, I have oily skin. So I just love to go to town on those. I love those too. They're wonderful. Double endorse them. They're really good. They're wonderful. Yeah. They're not that expensive either. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of, um, a common sense question with one of our last questions that you know, is asking about sun sensitivity with retinol. So you're not going to use your retinol during the day. So you use your vitamin C during the day so it can be super active. You'll use your retinol at night. AHAs do not mix with either because it's an acid. It basically cancels out anything else you're going to put on your skin. So if you use an AHA treatment and then follow up with a retinol or a vitamin C, you're basically just undoing all of the benefits that it's going to impart to your skin. You also wouldn't want to use 
a leave-on AHA treatment during the day because you've taken your skin down a layer and now you're about to go expose yourself to the elements. So if you're using AHAs in a treatment setting, you would want to do that at night only. But AHAs are available in a lot of different forms. You can get a cleanser with an AHA, like an exfoliate, which is what I use. That's a great time to be exfoliating. But those are more gentle. So if you want like a higher impact AHAs, there are treatment pads, peels, et cetera, that I am just obsessed with because they do make you look like Benjamin Button. But you don't want to use them the same night you use your retinol. No. It's, it's not because you're going to get insane skin sensitivity, which you might. Like that is like a thing that can happen from mixing any products, you know, acids, no acids. But mostly just because you're going to undo the benefits from the other products if you use an acid. Like an acid treatment by itself with a wonderful moisturizer is pretty much all you're going to be able to get going that night. Because if you put on a serum with another benefit or active in it, the acid is going to just eat it up so it doesn't work. I'm learning so much. Yeah. I'm so glad. So let's take a quick big questions. We actually have something really exciting going down. We have our first podcast sponsor. It's really exciting for us because we started this as a passion project and not a business. And I think as we uh, grow the advertising side, hopefully we can invest even more time. We get uh, questions and DMs all the time, people asking us to make more episodes a week or for episodes to be longer. And, and, you know, Grace and I are just doing this for fun. So I think, you know, as we do turn up the business side, hopefully we can grow the bad on paper empire along with it. So really hope you will support our advertisers and shop with them, use our promo codes, um, and would, would love to know any thoughts. You know, we intend to only take on advertisers that we believe in and that we shop from. So, you know, want to make sure everyone knows that we're, um, still staying true to ourselves, even though we're bringing advertisers into the bad on paper realm. Yeah. So our first sponsor is Mod Cloth. And so Mod Cloth is super fun. Um, it's really, really affordable. Their pieces are great for travel. I brought, um, I got the cutest kimono from them and it was actually really funny and timely because when Jackie arrived at Sayulita, she immediately went through my closet and pulled out the kimono I got from ModCloth and was like, where is this from? And it's from ModCloth and it was really affordable and it's so cute. Yeah, I got a sundress. They have such a good selection of sundresses and they have really fun printed pieces too. So Yeah, I, the prints are really good. Yeah, so I got a really cute blue batik printed sundress that I'm really loving. Um, and one of the, my favorite things about mod cloth is that they have such an amazing size range. So they actually have sizes from extra, extra small all the way up to four X and they're incredibly inclusive, not just in their size range, but also in the models that they use in their photography. And they have a lot of really fun accessory stuff. They had a whole section for cat ladies. So obviously I went wild for that. But I want to say I love my kimono, but Becca and I also got these amazing dinosaur highlighters. And I have mine on my desk, and every time I look at it, I smile. It's a really fun place to shop for it's really gifts fun. that are a little unique. Yeah, if you need like a gift for your crazy friend, like now I think when your birthday comes up in a few weeks, like yeah. it might be from my cloth. 
that would be really exciting. One last thing I want to talk about about Mod Cloth. Before they even came into our life as an advertiser, the thing that I was obsessed with them for is swimsuits. So I love a one piece that has underwire cups. And I think they have one of the best selections of interesting one pieces that aren't just like plain and the same as everything else. I've actually bought a lot of bathing suits from Mod Cloth over the years. And they have, they don't just have one pieces. They also have two pieces. Um, when we were talking before we started the episode, Jackie was saying how much she loves that they have a lot of high-waisted bottoms that are really cute. So definitely if you're planning a Labor Day vacation or a little getaway, um, really great for vacation dresses and bathing suits. Check them so, out. We yes. have an offer for you guys. So ModCloth is giving 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more. So go to ModCloth.com, and that's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H dot com, and enter code B-O-P in all caps at checkout. And this offer is good through October 10th of 2018. But that's going to get you 15% off of your order. Yeah. So just in case you didn't catch it the first time, you get 15% off your order of $100 or more at modcloth.com when you enter the code BOP at checkout. And their prices are already so affordable. So you can get a lot for $100. Yeah. So definitely go check them out. If you use our code, send us a DM and let us know what you bought. And yeah, send us pictures. Not even just a DM. I want to see pictures. We'll regram our favorites. Yeah, send us always. pictures. And if you get the dinosaur highlighters, like you, you're in our club. Oh my God, yes. Join our club. They're the best. So back to skincare, we have a few more questions. So this one is from Joelle Zarkhon on Facebook. And she said, I have sunscreen in my face lotion, but wondering if I should also be doing sunscreen considering I live in a sunny place. She lives in LA. I'm actually wondering this too. I use the It Cosmetics CC cream, which has SPF 50 in it. And like, is that enough? Do I need separate face sunscreen? Like what's the deal, Jackie? So I love this question. PSA, no one's wearing enough SPF. That's the hard and fast rule. If your SPF is doing more than one thing, you're probably not wearing enough SPF. You should be wearing an SPF that's only job is to protect your face from the sun. I love that It it Cosmetics CC cream, but it wouldn't hurt you to be using an SPF under that. So what specific face SPF do you use? I love... Tatcha's SPF. I love Drunk Elephant's SPF. I personally use one from Murad that I'm super in love with. I definitely think like you should be getting your SPF somewhere other than your makeup. Um, even though it is a wonderful added benefit and it is great if you're having sort of a lazy day, but on your regular days where you're getting ready and doing your routine, like SPF should have its own step because it's so, 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 so important. And definitely LA friends are not wearing enough SPF. So my advice to Joelle would be to get a different, higher SPF to wear under her face cream because you literally can never have too much. Well, I'm just learning. I have a big trip to Sephora in my future to pick up a retinol cream, a separate SPF. Like I have some shopping. Or to my beauty closet. You can just come over. Or there's a lot over there for you. I know. I guess I said like the golden trifecta is AHAs, vitamin C and retinol, but SPF is actually a quartet. Yeah. It's a quartet. Thank you, Grace. It is. You really need SPF to protect yourself as you're sort of encouraging all that cell turnover and taking things down a level with those other products. Yeah. 
So here's an interesting question that we got, which you have personal experience with. So Uttara Dikapati on Facebook asked about hormonal acne. And it's not so much a question, but she said, I've tried everything and I mean everything. So what can she do? And can you kind of like give us the background on your hormonal acne experience? Uh, hormonal acne. I think, I mean, you guys remember, I had really bad hormonal acne on my chin when I was at Bobble Bar. And I kind of like went through quite a few phases of like, do I even bother wearing makeup to cover it up? Like, I'm miserable. I hate my face. Um, it wasn't until a couple years ago, as I was getting ready for my wedding, I tried a new dermatologist. And I was just like, what is this? I'm 28 and I'm over it that she helped me really understand hormonal acne, which is produced by an excess of testosterone in your system, which sounds hilarious, but we all have both. Some of us more testosterone than others, as my husband would agree when I get a little angry. (laughs) So my dermatologist, um, she prescribed me a diuretic called spironolactone, which I'm actually starting to see gain a lot of traction in the beauty world. It is often prescribed to people for high blood pressure or actually through uh, for people who are transitioning from male to female because it flushes your system and it gets rid of that extra testosterone, which for me was causing my hormonal breakouts. So I take two of those a day. You do not get those at a Sephora. You have to get them from a dermatologist. There are no side effects. I literally don't know that I'm taking them other than my skin looks pretty dope now. But you should talk to your doctor about side effects because we're yeah. not doctors. Nope. Don't get this just because we said it's good. No. Everyone's different. This is how I solved my particular acne problems. But I do think like hormonal acne and serious acne is always a conversation you want to have with a like licensed dermatologist because they know what's up. And then you mentioned that you use a specific retinol for your hormonal acne. So is that just to repair scarring or does that actually help prevent breakouts? I do. I have a prescription strength retinol from my dermatologist and it's not for scarring. It is to fight future breakouts. And those are serious retinols. Like, again, I'm not a doctor, but like those are the things where it's like you probably don't use it every day. You know, you figure out what your skin needs as you go. It was definitely a trial and error process for me, but that was like the dynamic duo that changed my skin and it's just the skin on my chin, but it, it matters. Like it, those, those breakouts are gone and it's because of those two, those two products. Well, hopefully that gives this listener something new to try. Um, but before we wrap up on questions, we have two more related questions about exfoliation. So the first question is from Ariel T USA on Instagram. And she said, what is the best way to exfoliate washcloth, Clarisonics, scrub, etc." I am very curious about this. I just started using, I have a lot of feelings. Too. I just started using, um, chemical exfoliants. I mentioned a few episodes ago that I started using AHA pads. And since then, Grace gave me a new kind to try. My friend Lauren gave me some new ones to try. So I'm just drowning in AHA pads, but I'm really liking chemical exfoliants versus before I would usually use a physical exfoliant instead, like a light scrub. So I am very curious what you think. Oh, exfoliation is the jam. Like 
everybody thinks their skin looks glowier and plumper and smoother after they exfoliate. Like it always does the trick. I personally use a light exfoliating cleanser twice a day. It's extremely gentle. I, it's not like, you know, taking things down a layer. And then I'll use an AHA pad a couple times a week. I'll break up my normal routine of, you know, retinol, essence, all that stuff, and just use a, an AHA pad and then use a really, really juicy moisturizer or a moisturizing mask after. Um, I personally think Clarisonics are great, um, that would be considered a physical exfoliant, just like a scrub. But for me, I personally think that chemical exfoliants are the way to go because you're not actually leaving like microscopic abrasions in the skin as you would with a scrub. Clarisonics are not going to do that, but it's just, you know, it's kind of what you prefer, what makes your skin feel good. I would agree. I definitely do a mix. I will say that I never thought physical exfoliants were that all that effective. And still, as we've talked about, I started using my face scrub for two minutes, which like I or my Clarisonic, either one. Like I will do it for a full two minutes and my skin feels amazing afterwards. You have to make sure you use a gentle scrub if you're doing that. Like as Jackie mentioned, like scrubs can be really, really rough. So use one that's like from a reputable brand. I personally love the scrub from the Seaweed Bath Company. I've raved about this scrub multiple times on my blog, and it's super affordable. Um, It doesn't do anything bad to my skin, but if I use that for two minutes, I feel like my skin is like a baby's skin. It's so smooth. But I also love vitamin C and love acids, so I love the Dr. Dennis Gross Peel Pads, and I am obsessed with Kiehl's Overnight um, Deep... I think it's called... It's their vitamin C serum, and it's like called like deep wrinkle repair, I want to say. I will look that up and post it to the group. Sounds but right. It's so good. It's so good. And it's also it also has like a lot of hyaluronic acid in it. So while it's like exfoliating your skin, it is also like plumping it up with like all this juicy moisture. So the other thing I would say is just to build on Jackie's comment after you exfoliate, like especially if you have dry skin or you're using retinols, like use like the, the most creamy hydrating moisturizer you can find. So last question related. This is from Stop in the Dame of Love on Instagram. How often do you exfoliate? I think this one really depends on your skin type. Like I'm an oily skin type. I'll exfoliate with like a treatment, like the peel pads we've talked about so much, a couple times a week, maybe three. Um... And for me, that's like a way to see instant results. And of course, that's not counting like a light exfoliating cleanser. That's not like a really concentrated, like I'm going to exfoliate tonight kind of experience. But I think if you have drier skin, like, and if you're on like a serious retinol regimen, like I was for my hormonal acne, like you would want to dial it back a little bit um, because you really can like hurt the skin if you get a little too excited about it, which we all have, and it's kind of a learning experience. But um, I would say for a chemical exfoliant, like you're probably good with like two plus times a week. Um, And then with a physical exfoliant, again, like it depends on your skin type. But if it's super gentle, you could use it up to, I'd say, four times a week. Yeah, I would say I exfoliate every other day. I think this really, again, just goes back to giving your skin what it needs and, like, listening to it. Like, if your skin is red, if your skin hurts, if it feels like like 
upset, do not exfoliate. If you have a sunburn, don't exfoliate. Like, but if your skin is like, I know that when I get home from this trip, my skin's going to be super dry from flying. Like I'm going to give it like a really nice face scrubbing. I'm going to do a peel pad and I'm going to like soak in like the, the most rich I'm going to put, you know what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to put Walita skin food on my, my face, which people oftentimes put like on their elbows or their knees. Like for me, that is like the best thing in the world because it's like this super, super creamy hydrating cream, but it's, it really just depends on how your skin is feeling. Like if it's really, if it feels like really tight and like dry and gross or your skin's looking really dull, like definitely exfoliate. But if, if you just exfoliate and your skin feels kind of raw, like stay away. I really love, I, I really love what you say about following it up with a really like luxurious moisturizer or a moisture mask like that because you've taken down like a couple layers of dead skin, like you're going to moisturize your skin like nobody's business because there's nothing in the way. I love this pharmacy honey dewdrop like moisturizing mask. I love all their products. I know it. Their wor- SPF is really good too. Oh yeah, no, they're they're the bomb. Yeah, their um, honey mask like. It's it, like putting real honey on your skin. I know. It Sometimes like it gets in my mouth and I'm like, this is delicious. Is oh, that I weird? It. I it's weird, it. right? You're like, this I, is fully this edible. This is not something I would admit, but I tasted it. It was good. But it like I warms it up as you put it on and it gets super, super creamy. And like after I take it off and I've used the AHAs before that step, I'm just like, I'm so dewy and plump and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully with this advice, we can all be dewy and plump and gorgeous, which is basically (laughs) the definition of skincare goals. Mm -hmm. Jackie, thank you so much for being our first guest and dropping so much skincare knowledge. So much knowledge. Thank you. It was a thrill and a joy. (laughs) Hopefully everyone who is listening is just ready to use so much more retinol and sunscreen. Yeah, I am. I am. They're the holy grails. That's awesome. So before we wrap up, Grace, should we roll into some obsessions and Instagram faves? Yes, let's do it. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? So I am obsessed with big gold earrings. I have been stealing all of Jackie's earrings on this trip. There are a lot of big gold earrings going around this house. And I think I'm just like ready to go buy some new like fun bling. Like it's it's been so hot here. My hair has been just like default to a top knot, but I really like the look of like a really fun gold earring. And usually I'll wear like more tassel earrings or more like colorful yeah. earrings, but I'm liking the gold look. I know. I love that look too. I, I have like no earlobes, so I have to be really careful. Like it can't be too heavy, but I love like a solid gold earring. So the ones that I was wearing last night that I borrowed from Jackie were from Mango actually. So I'm very excited to go online and give a, a good uh, troll to their, yeah. their jewelry section. Grace, what are you obsessed with? Um, I am obsessed with all the pom-poms that I bought on this trip that I don't know how I'm going to get into my suitcase when we pack later. I bought so many pom-poms. I'm going to hang some. Jackie suggested hanging them in the, sh- in the shower curtain area. Like, that could be fun. I'm thinking maybe I'll hang one from, like, by my banana leaf curtains in my closet, maybe by the door. I can't wait to go home and decorate with all the pom-poms that I bought. I can't wait to come over and see Pom-Pom Central. Yeah, it's going to be like a whole brand new apartment. What about on Instagram? What are you loving? Oh, my God. I have to pull it up because I'm going to get it wrong. Oh, you guys, this is another obsession thanks to Jackie. It's called I Am Mo Show. 
And I might be like totally basic and just not know about this, but he's a cat rapper. Um, his Instagram is literally I am M O S H O W. So is he a cat that is a rapper no. or a rapper that raps about? He's cats? a rapper that sings to his cat, and he's beautiful, like a beautiful man with a beautiful cat too. He sometimes makes hats for his cats. Like he is wonderful and cheers me up every day. After, after last night when we got home, I did a little reading, but I also did like a deep dive into his Instagram and was like, maybe he should be my boyfriend. He also like has this whole thing where he really likes cat ladies. So I think that maybe we need to like become romantically involved. I don't know. Maybe going back to the last episode, maybe the wedding we're going to be going to is your wedding. Maybe. To the cat rapper. Yeah. The music would be amazing. Yeah. Tyrion would be the groomsman. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you? Okay. So I was... I picked something travel related because we're on this trip. So I thought that I was very special and um, picking something obscure, but I found out that you already know about this. So I'm so into very troubled child. Oh my God. I have their bag with the cats all over it. So it's this um, company that makes bags and pouches and their bags are travel goods. They're so cute. And they have like all sorts of weird little animals on them. The quality is so good. Like I'm, Obsessed. I might get one for a trip to Morocco. You should. If I take mine anywhere, like people stop me and like, it's like almost annoying. Like it's one of those things where you take it out and you're, you know, like if you're not in the mood to talk to people, you don't take it out because everyone's going to harass you about it. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, when you go to the airport and I know this is somebody who spent 36 hours in various airports the other day, everyone has like the same black bag. Like it's so much same. So it's like, it's kind of fun to have like a really standout carry on. Yes, it is. So I am following them and I'm very obsessed. I love them. What about reading? What have you been reading on this trip? I cannot even talk about how much I love matchmaking for beginners. Becca talked about this a few episodes back. Becca really lost a lot of credibility with me with books after the last book that we read on the podcast. Okay, Grace has been doing nothing but being... I've been a jerk. A jerk to me. I don't actually mean it. Like, she has great taste in books. She's like, I don't believe you anymore. I don't believe you. And I was like, fine, Grace, don't read the book then. Like, do whatever you want. And you want to know who loved the book? You know who skipped her surf lesson to read the book? Grace did. It's amazing. It's the best book I've read in ages so like I'm gonna give you a really quick recap of it but basically this girl gets broken up with like two weeks into her marriage her husband sounds like a total douchebag and um she has this like she suddenly she finds herself like having this deep connection with his great aunt who everyone thinks is crazy she's like a little bit witchy she does spells she's a matchmaker she seems fabulous like I wish she was my great aunt Um, and the woman ends up dying and leaving her, her brownstone apartment. So there's all these new love interests that come into the picture. There's like all these amazing neighbors that she has and every character, I mean, except for the ex-fiance is deeply likable and like, so like the character development on this one I thought was so good and it's so heartwarming. And I just like, I cried multiple times reading it. Like it's the best. So thank you, Becca. Yay, I'm glad you liked it because I loved it. Becca, what are you reading? Okay, so last week I said I was in the middle of Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win by Joe Piazza, which is her new book that came out last week. Love Joe Piazza. Her books are all so good. So I finished it. I loved this book. So 
not only did I love this book because it was really interesting and it was a page turner, it's about a woman who is like kind of a Sheryl Sandberg type tech executive who leaves her high power job to run for Senate in her home state of Pennsylvania. But it's really interesting thinking about the gender dynamics of a marriage and like what needs to happen in order for a woman, a woman who is married and has children to run for office. Um, And also just like, what are the double standards that women running for office are held to? So I think it explores a lot of interesting topics, but it's also really soapy and wonderfully addictive. Like it's really readable. But one of the things, so I've been recommending this book to every woman I know, every person I know. Um, Apparently in the, in the copy that I have, there's an editor's note and this is actually the first fiction book that covers, uh, that centers around a woman running for national political office. And so I'm just like, I want everyone to read this because it's so important to like start these conversations. And I think fiction is a really interesting way that we can start to have these dialogues um, based on these characters that, you know, might be easier or less polarizing to talk about than real people. So I loved this book. I think it's really important. I think it was really readable. Loved it. Apparently, I'm on like a political like bender because then I read um, From the Corner of the Oval by Beck Dory Stein. And that's actually... I can't wait to read this. I've been harassing her all trip. Like, I'm like, are you done with it? Are you done with it? Yeah. So that's actually nonfiction. And it's a memoir by one of President Obama's stenographers who had like really unparalleled access to... Um, the Obama administration and had a really interesting point of view being somebody pretty junior, but somebody that had a lot, a lot of access. So it covers both like her experiences traveling with the white house, but then also like her own interpersonal drama with other staffers. So it's pretty gossipy. It's really fun. I will say that I got a little annoyed with some of her choices partway through. I respect that she was really honest about like her own shortcomings, but I think it's worth a read if you're interested in politics, just because of the level of access she had. Like one of the parts that I found so interesting was she talks a lot about like what it was like to travel on Air Force One. And that's just like such a unique experience that I will probably most likely never have. And I just thought it was so interesting to hear kind of just like the insider details. I can't wait to read that one. I can't wait to read both of them, but Becca passed that one along to me. So that's my plane reading tomorrow, I think. So if you're looking for something to read and none of those sparked your fancy, uh, for our book club next week, we are reading All I Ever Wanted by Emily Giffen, which is fantastic. It's the cutest. Everything Emily Giffen writes is so good. This is a little bit of a departure for her. Maybe we'll talk about it in the book club. Yeah, so Emily Giffen's the author of the Something Borrowed and Something Blue books. Um, She is like a prolific author and everything she's written has been fantastic. This is her newest. It came out in June and um, it's about a woman uh, who is somewhat unhappy in her marriage and um, her son gets embroiled in a drama when he takes a saucy photo of another girl in his class at a party when they're drunk. And I said this last episode, but I think it, it warrants repeating. I was really skeptical of this book. Like I'm not married. I don't have any children, never mind teen children. I know. I was kind of bummed when I saw what the subject was going to be. Yeah. Like, like, am I going to like this? It, the 
the subject matter didn't necessarily resonate with me, but I loved the book. I thought it was really interesting. There was like a lot of interesting cultural questions in it that I think we can all relate to with like the Me Too movement, even if you don't, um, even if you don't have children necessarily. Um, And the characters are great. Like I was, and all the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. We're talking about that next week. We are definitely making up for our book last week because we know this one's a winner. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. So pick up a copy. And in the meantime, where can people follow us, Grace? So you can follow us um, on Bad on Paper Podcast on Instagram or join our Facebook group, which is basically the most fun place to hang out. Um, Just search Bad on Paper Podcast group on Facebook, and that's the one. And then for me, you can follow me at, at Grace Atwood on Instagram. And my blog is thestripe.com. What about you, Becca? I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Jackie for being our first guest. And um, we will see you next week to talk about all we ever wanted. Yay. Bye. Bye.